Chapter 3, Rewriting the Past All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. What do you think Joseph was thinking and feeling when he first looked down into the face of the baby Jesus? My guess is that he was feeling about 15 things all at once, each grasping and clawing for his full attention and turns. He was probably relieved that Mary's labor was finally over and that she was okay. He was grateful to God that the baby was healthy. He was thrilled and overwhelmed by the tiny hands, feet, and face of the one who was capturing his young heart in real time. And of course, he was scared. I can tell you from personal experience, as a guy who has held his own newborn in his hands, Joseph was scared. Only an arrogant fool looks down into the helpless face of a brand new person for which they are entirely responsible and thinks, yeah, I got this. No big deal. When our second daughter was born, I was so thankful. The birth had been hard. My wife had labored for more than 50 hours. And finally, finally, our Nora was in the world. Our closest family members came in to meet her, and then they went on their way. I can remember being in our hospital room with baby Nora while Christy slept. The sun was down, the lights were low, and our room was stone-cold silent. I was holding the baby while going back and forth in this old wooden rocking chair when she opened those big, deep eyes, impossibly wide, and looked straight into my face, and I was terrified. I can't really describe the way I felt in that moment other than to say that a very heavy weight seemed to come down on me. It was suffocating. I looked at this beautiful child and a desperate prayer forced its way out of my chest. Oh God, please don't let me mess this up. She was so small and so fragile. She would need everything. She would learn how to talk in our house. She would get her manners from us. We would be the first people she loved and so much of her worldview would be formed while under our watch. It was our job to care for her, love her, feed her, protect her, and somehow show her how to be a person in this world. As I rocked her back and forth and we stared into each other's eyes, I knew I didn't have what it would take. I had already been a dad for a couple of years, and I had already screwed up so many times. I mean, I loved my kid, but still, I was selfish, short-tempered, and way too busy. Who in their right mind would put me in the position of being responsible for yet another one of these tiny, miraculous creatures? Surely Joseph felt this same crushing weight on that first Christmas night. Surely his teenage mind was reeling as he looked down into the wrinkled-up face of our newborn Lord. In fact... It must have been even worse for Joseph because the angels in his dream told him that this was no ordinary baby, but the one, the one who would save his people from their sins. How in the world was Joseph supposed to raise the Messiah? He was a blue-collar tradesman just starting out in life. Surely there were people much more qualified to raise the king of Israel than him, right? I mean, what if he screwed this up?
What if he was a bad dad? What if he didn't teach Jesus all the right stuff? In other words, what if Joseph couldn't live up to his end of the bargain? Ages and ages before Joseph prayed through all those fears of being a new dad, he had an ancestor who wanted a boy of his own to hold. A man named Abraham and his wife Sarah were childless in their mid-70s when God called their names, promised them a land, a family, and a special baby who would one day bless the whole world. As crazy as all that sounded, Abraham believed God. He packed up everything he owned and followed the voice of promise out into the unknown. But years and years later, there was still no baby, no land, and no family. One night, God invited Abraham to look up into the sky and count the stars, which is impossible. Who could ever count all the stars? God said, this is how many kids I'm going to give you. In other words, You can't even fathom what all I have in store for you. Abraham was confused and asked God, What are you talking about? I'm too old. My wife is too old. You made promises, but but they're ridiculous. Let's just think of another way around it. But God wasn't having it. His promises may have seemed impossible, but that's just because they were so much bigger and so much better than anything we would dare to dream up on our own. God told Abraham to go get a bunch of animals for a sacrifice. Now, this was an old customary way that people used to close important deals back in the day. It was like signing a legally binding contract. A person would kill the animals, cut them in two, and then lay out those dead severed pieces on the ground across from each other, leaving a little path right down the middle called the way of death. And the two guys signing the contract would then walk down the path in between the dead animals as a way of saying, may this happen to me if I don't keep my end of the bargain. So Abraham got the animals. He sacrificed them, butchered them, laid them out on the ground, and waited. After a while, he fell into a deep sleep. When the sun went down, he woke up to see a strange sight. There was a smoking fire pot and a blazing torch moving along the path all by themselves. The voice of the Lord spoke out of the darkness, repeating those old promises once again. This was God signing the contract all by himself. Abraham wasn't even invited because Abraham wasn't required. It was God's way of saying, I am making you some promises that are too wonderful for you to get your mind around. Not only that, but I'm making you a deal where you don't have to do anything. You don't have to keep the promises or live up to your end of the bargain. I'm doing this all by myself. You don't have to have what it takes, and that's okay. I love you, and I want to do this for you anyway. All I want you to do is believe me. And thousands of years later, writing about this old man, the Apostle Paul said that Abraham didn't waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. (laughs) Now, if you know anything else about Abraham's story, you'll know that he wavered like all the time. He was always flaking out and making stupid decisions out of unbelief. 
But that's the way the Lord's promise works. God is rewriting the past, undoing all our wrong and narrating a brand new story where we are completely changed and beautifully His. The promise God made, the covenant He sealed, are so much better than anything we would have hoped for. Abraham couldn't live up to it. Joseph couldn't live up to it. You and I haven't lived up to it, but we don't need to. This is why Jesus came, to take our place through the way of death and retell every story from beginning to end. He made the deal to make us new and signed that contract with his own precious blood. Our story is being retold, and even the past gets better with every page.